like like honestly these thin bezel monitors are fucking awesome like, they're such nice monitors but like the totally. webcam wants to hang down like an extra quarter inch over the screen and i'm like it's so what's up distracting what is this fucking point of having these 4k screens if i got this weird black tab at the middle of it like with a stupid webcam yeah. on it blocking it. some okay. of your controls and shit like blocking oh, you know your nuts. your window window like uh, x's and shit Oh, there goes tech oh, on the ground. Everything's fucking falling all over the place. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. Oh, yeah, I lost a pod and everything. We're doing good now. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. Listen to me <laughs> throw my shit around my office. It's fantastic times, right? Uh, this is episode 263. Oh, yeah, I broke that. That's good. Good that's times. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Either way. Welcome back to everybody. It's Dance Robot Dance for episode 263. Uh, I've broken half my shit. I'm Mark. I'll be the host of this week's whatever the fuck this week's going to be. We're not really quite sure yet. And I'm here with Tim. Hi, everybody. There it is. So, like, what's going on, man? I don't know. It's just been a hectic, hectic fucking week. A lot of it's been a crazy week. Yeah, a lot of lot of stuff going on. Been very busy, and we had a lot of stuff to watch for this week. So, I'm looking forward to this weekend because, like. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday I've got like fuck all going on, so I'm just gonna get to like catch up on stuff. Like I'm in the like that like really stressful, like just set up a new computer kind of thing. Like gotta make sure that like I transition all my data and programs and settings over properly and everything and like making sure you don't miss anything and then you open up some program and it erases your previous library and all that shit. I'm at the point now where like my win- like dumping windows and like reformatting a hard drive is like an afternoon affair for me because I'm <laughs> I'm so set up. Well, yeah, but I started it by like fucking like gutting my whole PC as well. well there is that. There is that. Absolutely. But like, you know, you know what I'm like, right? Like if, as soon as I have the, the mildest problem with Windows, I'm just like fucking nuke it. Well, yeah, I'll reinstall everything from the fucking the clone and just call it a day. I don't Whereas for me, anymore. like I could not Windows would not let me upgrade my Windows 7 install, probably because it had been upgraded from a Windows Vista install that had been upgraded from Windows XP install. Maybe like I think. It was like 20, yeah, I don't know how old like that original fucking install was. It was like, no, you can't do this anymore. It has to be fresh. I was surprised because like, did you not grab the free install when they were giving it away and just like revert like everybody else did? I feel like everybody grabbed that free upgrade to Windows 10 way back in the day. Most people reverted back to Windows 7 because they got sick of Windows 10. I was just like, fuck it. This is the future. I'm sticking with it because at this point... I know Microsoft's going to force me to use this eventually, or like <laughs> Adobe is going to stop running in Windows Seven or something like that, and that I'm, I'm not doing this. I, you know what I'm like? I keep my shit up to date like crazy, so yeah. I can nuke my rig and be back working within four hours, generally yeah. speaking, if Windows cooperates with me on the reinstall. That's the big, you know, thing. Although like Windows install now doesn't even take that long. Even you were you were no. commenting that it took like five minutes on like an old USB port. Like on yeah. modern shit, like what I've got, it takes like two minutes to get windows dumped to your nbme drive so i'm enjoying like actually having like netflix apps and shit like that rather than having to like run netflix through a browser on windows 10 so that much at least is nice and i can run fucking 4k to my one monitor now which looks beautiful so it does look a lot nicer once you get them all set up and scaled properly yeah although because when you first plug these for the one thing i did notice is that windows multi-monitor solutions for different resolutions have not improved much since oh, like, yeah. upgrading yeah, it's, and stuff it's like a that. Mess. <laughs> so, and, so as soon as I plugged in these new 4K screens, my tablet, like my Cintiq, is only a 1080 screen. So everything's all fucked to do now. Like <laughs> it wasn't so bad at 1440, 
like before, but like, yeah, with 4K, it just was like, fuck all of this noise. And yeah, exactly. HDR is real dodgy because I have a standard SDR monitor also in the array kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a mess. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough nerdy horseshit. That's probably like half your geek of the week right there we talked <laughs> about. Either way, let's get into the news. First thing I want to bring up, and it's not really like surprising news, but uh, Matt and Matt Parker, no, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the yes. South Park guys, have been re-signed by Paramount to do like 12 movies in another season of South Park. So we're up to 30 it's seasons like of South Park. 15 movies or some shit. It was like basically until they die. Yeah, they're going to be, be doing South, South Park. Park. Yeah. yeah, which like, I mean, good for them because they've made tons of bank and doing that. I'm wondering if they're bored of doing it yet because they like, remember at first they were doing like lots of different shit like World Police and like directing well, other stuff. You got to wonder at this point, like how involved they actually are anymore. Right. Like if, if they're just kind of like letting people do shit and because like, well, I mean, they've done, gone off and done, like they did fucking basketball. They did book a Mormon yeah. shit like that. Like they have taken their little breaks in between. Yeah. But usually South Park goes on, South Park goes on hiatus when they're not around is usually what yeah. happens. Like they have big breaks between they're pretty involved. I think on a day-to-day basis, still like breaking stories and stuff. So yeah. I don't know if they're in there like helping animate anymore. I think they kind of write and fuck off, but they do most of the voices still on the show show right like all those voices are the two guys so like they've got to be at least involved to that extent but yeah i mean good for them they're still fucking making like can you imagine like you make some bullshit project with your buddy that's like cardboard cutout swearing and you've got like a career that has lasted 30 plus years and you're a fucking superstar because of it god bless you know like that's the dream really (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like that's the fucking dream right either way some more uh renewal stuff coming up uh archer season 12 starts on august 25th so we are like imminently getting new archer uh the trailer for that came out today uh it had a little had one last little coda from uh jessica walters so i didn't i didn't have time to watch watch that trailer yeah, so they, yeah, that's August 25th. That'll start. Lots of stuff starting in the next little while. Why the Last Man put out a poster today that uh, reveals the premiere date will be September 13th. It was more, more than a poster. There was an actual actual trailer for that, too. Yeah. Was there a trailer, too? I was looking for yeah. the trailer. I didn't see it. So that's cool, though. I'll look at that after we're done recording because I'm excited for that show. Uh, that is a Vertigo book from, it's Brian K. Vaughn. And, uh, oh, man, I can't remember who drew that. Like, like what, early 2000s? Uh, like it was like, Vertigo? yeah, it was like, it was like the early 2000s, like redefined, like when Vertigo kind of redefined itself for the new millennium. That was like why The Last Man was the book they were constantly pointing at. It's like, this is our flagship book right now. And fuck, yeah, man, it was a fantastic book for yeah. most of its run. I even think it, oh, so my voice cracked like I'm 12. <laughs> Brian Cavon and Pia Guerra. There it is. Yeah, Pia Guerra, fantastic penciler or artist, basically. I think she does all everything. I don't think she has any curve, but either way, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that show because it'll Filmed be in Toronto. Yeah, they were shooting it up there. What we do in Shadows comes out, like, starts basically, like, in September, like, on the second, I think, the first episode airs. So third yep. season of that, the synopsis of it and stuff like that. Excited for new, more what we do in Shadows. Star Wars The Bad Batch has been greenlit for a season two. So it's just, like, TV renewals and yeah. cool shit happening on the TV side of things. Yeah, I've been keeping up. Did with you that finish one. watching Bad Batch? It's it's I, I don't know if it's over yet. I watched did I watch last Friday's episode? I think I did watch last Friday's episode on the holiday on Monday. So yeah, I guess okay. I'm caught up on it. It's been mixed. Like there's been parts of it that have been really good. There's been other parts of it. It's a lot like Clone Wars and that like, you know, there's definitely some filler episodes in between kind of the more lore heavy, like let's actually push the overarching plot along kind of thing. So it's been hit or miss, but overall, you know, I'll watch a second season of it. They've done some cool stuff in terms of... How many episodes per season? uh, I don't know. I think right now they're on like 12 or 13. 
Yeah. I was seeing like 10 so far this year and I was like, I can't, I can't commit to a 10 episode cartoon about star Wars. I just can't do it. So yeah. I'll have to see either way though. The pen- penultimate episode was last week. So the, this weekend or this Friday as we're recording this, which is tomorrow as we're recording, this is the season finale. So yeah, I guess it okay. must be like 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. They've done some cool shit in terms of like, sort of filling in gaps in between the like basic prequel trilogy and sort of rogue one new hope kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And t- in terms of like, you know, showing like kind of, and, and some different perspectives of like order 66 and that kind of thing. So it's been interesting. Fair enough. The Disney saga with Scarlett Johansson continues. Nothing yeah. insanely new has happened, but like everybody's commenting on it to the point where like, it seems like Batista got involved for a little while, like on Twitter. He's always pretty vocal about he is. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I love Big Dave. He's just you know, what are you gonna do? He actually got into it on with somebody on Twitter this week because uh, they announced that Drax is gonna be in What If, and then they asked if he he they asked him if he was gonna voice it. He was like, he didn't even get a call. Oh, sounds like his working relationship with Disney has cooled significantly. Also this week, since he threw in with he threw in behind Scarlet like ScarJo after everything happened, surprised. basically. Yeah. So because he's one of the I mean, he's one of those guys who work for Vince. Could you imagine what he's like when it comes to like getting your fucking money and getting out? Like those pro wrestling guys, they know how to get their fucking money and get out when you <laughs> yeah, work for you, WWE. You wanna, for you don't want to piss him off. Yeah, well, it's also that. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a big big man that Dave Batista. So yeah. there was a trailer, and I know you didn't watch it, but there was a trailer for Let There Be Carnage. No, nope, Venom definitely movie. did not watch yeah. it. And it was it. It looks like a movie. I mean, it looks like a modern movie, which is not saying a whole hell of a lot, but it looks like a movie. So, <sighs> okay, great, right? Which we have to watch that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, we're watching it. Fuck yeah! <laughs> if I gotta watch all this DC stuff, we're definitely watching crap Venom. Absolutely, hey, Suicide Squad's supposed to be good. I heard, yeah, Suicide Squad looks like good. We'll find out tomorrow. We'll be back next week with that news, probably, because yeah, we'll, Mark we'll and I are going to a fucking theater together. We're going together. on a, a dance we're robot a dance date. <laughs> yeah, we're going on a date and the whole bit. We're going to have yeah. dinner and shit. We're going to hold hands. <laughs> Buy me drinks. Probably not, probably not going to hold give hands. A, give him a sad handy in the theater. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Either way. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because uh, the last we were talking about it in our little private chat earlier because, yeah, we talk all the time. <laughs> But yeah, we were talking about how the last movie we both saw was Harley Quinn yeah. <laughs> and uh, The Birds Not of Prey. But in and, theaters, uh, the last movie each of us saw in theaters separately was... Well, because yeah, we reviewed it for this, it right? the yeah. last and movie then, that had Harley Quinn in it. And then the first movie we're going back to to see is fucking Harley Quinn again. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. she's already made another movie <laughs> in the interim. <laughs> and I haven't been to a movie theater in like two years. And I my brain's breaking at that thought, which is it's craziness. Yeah, so yeah, we'll go do that. I have like... My last bit of bad news, sadly, Alex Kurtzman and his team will be continuing to produce Star Trek content until 2027. Me and Mike from Red Letter Media are both probably on suicide watch, actually, from what I understand. Mm. So that's good. We're going to be getting a lot more not great Star Trek going forward, sadly. No, thank you. Yeah, it sucks. The last little bits of news I had, apparently Halo Infinite has gone into pre-release, which is great, which means it might actually come out this year after being delayed last year. It was like big news on all the tech YouTubers were getting like demo keys and like playing it this weekend. So it looks like it's coming together a lot nicer than it was before. There is details leaking about the new PSVR 2, which will be a PS5 lock-in for VR support, which... 
Are they actually going to get fucking decent games this time? I, that's what I'm more curious about. I want to see what the games are. I am really curious to jump into like some kind of VR thing. And if PlayStation's not exorbitantly expensive, then I might, you know, think about leaning into PSVR 2 on the PS5. We'll see. Although, speaking of insanely expensive, the they did launch the uh, <laughs> or like the beta. The beta of the storage expansion came out this week, and people were starting to like buy Gen Four SSDs for their PS Five. And the pricing on the Gen 4 SSDs is still quite high. Also, for some reason, everybody's very confused about how to install an NVMe drive into the PS5. Like, Sony's marketing has not been very good. I get to laugh at that as a guy who builds PCs on a weekly basis and plugs NVMe drives in for fucking shits and giggles. <laughs> but was quite, it's been quite the week on the Sony side of things with people freaking out about which drives to use and do we really need a heat sink? And yes, you do because your PlayStation will melt apparently because the NVMe drives run real hot in Gen 4. Either way, <laughs> that was all the news I had for this week. I probably missed something because I always <laughs> miss something. Well, I was going to say when you said something was going to be ridiculously expensive, I thought you were going to talk about the Star Wars like fucking LARPing hotel at Disney World. I blocked Star Wars news <laughs> from my feed so I don't see it anymore so they announced uh star wars galactic star cruiser which is this like uh immersive star wars hotel where you get to go in and like role play and shit we talked about this before have we not is it yeah we've talked yeah no it's it's opening spring next year so six months or so from now infinite time depending on what timeline you live in because it also feels like 100 years yeah apparently it's been since i went to a movie theater and i could have swore it was like three months ago but guess what they, they announced, one, how much it's going to cost, and it's basically for, this is two nights in a hotel, and, like, all your meals and stuff are covered, and you get, like, access to the park one day and stuff, like, to do the stuff in Galaxy's Edge and shit. Uh, for two people, for a room, for two nights, $4,800 U.S., for three people in a room, it's $5,300 U.S., and for four people in a room, it's six grand U.S., could feel my ass prolapse when you said those <laughs> you can buy you can buy a fucking car for the cost of two nights in this goddamn hotel still less money than i spent on my rig so <laughs> in fairness they give you like a whole costume and like your own fucking like custom little st- well not fully custom i'm sure it's like selected from you know x number of choices kind of thing little storyline and everything but still like that's that's ridiculous like they were saying it was going to be like 900 bucks a night and even then people were being like wow that's a lot but like like the two person option is 1200 dollars per guest per night i think there should be an <laughs> escort included in that for that fucking- <laughs> that's what i thought that's exactly what i thought i was like for this price i get to fuck a twi'lek right or, or a droid. I get I get to fuck a Star Wars like creature of my choice for that amount of money. On top of that, they also released like a sample itinerary kind of thing. And like there's you know, there's some cool shit. Like you get like lightsaber training and like like a sabak tournament and like you know, the dinners have like live entertainment and shit like that. And dude, for twelve hundred bucks, Mark Hamill better trade me with a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, but it literally like it, I say like two days or two nights, it's like, it starts at like one o'clock on the first day and you're out of there like after breakfast on the third day kind of thing. So like you have one whole day and like two and like, it's, it's really like one and a half days pretty much. 
I mean, I know one day you'll spend that money. Like, I, I don't you. know. I, I can only imagine, and I was talking about this with Alicia, that like they're going to see the thing is with this, I don't think it's going to have much in the way of replay value kind of thing from, yeah. to use a gaming term. And that like people are going to go and do it and be like, that's cool. I'm never spending five grand again on that five or six yeah, grand absolutely. again on that. So they're going to get to a point where there's, you know, they're going to burn through those people that just have way too much fucking money. And then they're going to be like, okay, now what do we do? And they're going to like start dropping the price. And that's around when I'll, st- you know, I'll start looking at it and saying like, okay, how much am I going to wait for it to drop before I pull the trigger? I mean, I, I wouldn't do it with Alicia. Cause like she would not, I mean, I don't think she would do it even if I paid for her to do it kind of thing. Like I would need to find, somebody to go with that's like equally into star wars kind of thing or at least like marginally into star wars to to go and do it with to go and to go and fuck the ewok with if disney wants to sponsor a podcast i will be happy to go down and uh (laughs) not pay for this but i'll go fucking bomb around (laughs) star wars horse shit i guess to for content (laughs) um the other thing that was somewhat related to that is that disney announced last about a week ago that they're going to mandate that all of their U.S. employees, including theme park staff that are not part of their, their union, mm-hmm. get vaccinated, which is nice. I, I'm glad to hear that as somebody that is still has a Disney vacation on the books a, a month or so from now, even though Florida is a fucking shit show at the moment. So, yeah, uh, you actually still plan to do that? I don't know. It's up in the air. Keeping an eye on things. We'll see what happens as we get closer. My hope is that like Delta just like burns through all the unvaccinated people like in the next few weeks and the numbers start coming down and I'll be like, okay, well, there's nobody left for it to fucking infect at this point. So <laughs> we'll see. Ah, so we're taking the Darwinism approach to COVID now. That's good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always been a fucking Darwinist approach. And the other big thing that I had was we did get a release date for the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. The other piece of news that I block regularly. Exactly. Uh, Which is September 2nd of 2022. So, I mean, originally they were targeting a release date this year, but they literally just wrapped. So there's no way that they're going to get the post done on this thing in before the end of this year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, next fall, like Labor Day weekend kind of thing. It's going to come out during Dragon Con. So, like, all my Dragon Con friends are being like, fuck, like, now we're going to have to, like, take time out of dragon con to watch this thing kind of thing or like go up to and have like a room party room viewing party or whatever they also released uh their first image which is like a big fucking high def image which is uh, i said as my desktop background just because i needed one and it was timely and it is it looks very much like a city called Tyrion, which is in valinor which is like the land that the gods are, or the demigods are from and the elves are from and everything um, and it has like the two trees of Valinor and everything. It looks very elvish anyways. Um, so there's a lot of people now that are speculating in terms of, cause everybody had thought it was all going to be in the first age and it, based on this image, it couldn't possibly be, or all in the second age. And based on this image, it couldn't all be in the second age of middle earth. So lots of speculation happening right now in terms of middle earthy stuff. Huh. That's everything I had. Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> super excited for that Lord of the Rings. I mean, that so, image looks really good, so we'll see, I didn't even we'll see, see if the actual... Like I said, I saw Lord of the Rings in a headline. I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring it up, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I don't need to talk about that. It's uh, Geek of the Week time, though. Let's uh, move along. Geek of the Week! So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. I'm going to start with Tim, because he's actually got a Geek of the Week, I would imagine. But it's not what you think it's going to be. 
Oh, no. Because I did do all my computer hardware upgrades. But really, my Geek of the Week is that I attended, like, an online Tolkien conference last weekend. Attended and, like, was a significant part of a Tolkien conference last weekend. Uh, yeah, the this past weekend, Saturday and Sunday, was MythCon, which I know I mentioned in Geek Credit a little while ago, which was, like, an online version of this conference that uh, Alicia's been going to for six or seven years now and that I've been joining her for for like the last four or five it's uh based around mythopoeic literature which is kind of any literature that has like sort of created mythological elements to it so like Tolkien definitely falls in there C.S. Lewis and you know plenty of other stuff as well you can make arguments that like comic book stories and stuff fall in there as well. Actually, I may have got us a future guest for the podcast for a guy that gave a talk on uh, Superman and his Jewish origins, which is pretty, I, I really like. There were some really great talks and discussions, a lot from like younger and pretty diverse scholars. Um, Alicia gave a talk on the Lil Nas X video for Montero uh, and yeah. like its mythological influences because it does like Garden of Eden and has like Roman shit and like some um, platonic like runes and shit like that in there as well. And and then there's also, you know, him twerking on Satan and getting killed by being stoned with a butt plug. And so it was pretty fun. I like helped with some of the evening programming. Um, there was like a trivia contest that I, I wasn't running, but I came in third for um, that was like just general sci-fi and fantasy. And then I ran a chicken run for anybody that has played Lord of the Rings online. It, it's basically like, it's like a session play kind of thing where you play as a chicken and you have to run from the Shire to different places in middle earth without getting killed. And you have like no fucking hit points. So we recruited a bunch of the other con attendees and like, and a couple of our friends and stuff like that to sort of like form an entourage and kill all the shit on the way sort of thing. So we went all the way from the Shire to, to Rivendell and it was fun. Cause like we could stream it and show people the game and like how a bunch of the place, you know, locations in, in middle earth are realized in the game, which a lot of people had never seen before. And then we also did a watch or I hosted like a watch along and riff along with that Russian fellowship of the rings adaptation. Uh, which, way too much mileage out of that fucking thing. Oh, dude. Man, Everybody fucking loved it. Like there were, I mean, there were also people that were like, I am forever changed by this and I will never forgive you for that kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. There was, but like when you get, you know, a bunch of like Tolkien scholars and like hardcore Tolkien nerds to tear that thing apart it was pretty amazing like to the point where we got to the end of it which is like two hours long and then like the next recommended video because i was streaming it from youtube was the russian adaptation of the hobbit and everybody was like fuck it let's just watch that one now and it was also pretty terrible so (laughs) i mean most russian adaptations of anything are usually (laughs) not great oh and we also had a a very rousing game of uh, cards against arda which is a custom game of cards against humanity with a bunch of like Tolkien themed cards, especially like a lot of Silmarillion related cards. So it's like a game you can only really play with groups that like truly know their shit. So it's uh, but there's, it like really leans into a lot of the like dismemberment and incestuous parts of those stories. And like a lot has a lot of like fanfic kind of stuff in it too, which gets pretty fun and terrible. What's with the fantasy stuff and all the incest all the time? We're going to have to talk about this at some point. true. With all you fantasy dorks and all these people, (laughs) fucking sisters and stuff like that. I will say there was like a bit of bullshit. There was like some 
someone trying to say like, or, you know, put forward like, well, Tolkien was just a man of his time or whatever during a panel that was specifically on like race and racism in Tolkien fandom and scholarship. So like that wasn't great. (laughs) Uh, And like, oh, racism goes both ways and stuff like that. So that was, that was kind of fun to deal with. I mean, you have Americans on there. You're going to get and like hardcore Christians and stuff like that, because there's a lot of Christians and Tolkien scholarship. So Uh, there's also like a dude that was like mansplaining a woman's own presentation topic to her. So it wasn't 100 percent positive, but it was it was very much a rewarding conference and a lot of fun. So that was my giggle. Cool. Cool. Yeah. My geek of the week. Uh, I can't even really talk about what I'm actually working on right now because it's. (laughs) Not ready to be not ready for prime time yet. It's getting close. It is getting awfully fucking close. Yeah, no, I'm getting like real close to it. But uh, I'll probably be able to talk about it next week once it's done, and I can kind of send it in, kind of thing, and get like approval and shit. But ah, uh, yeah. So it's just been uh, what the fuck did I do this week? Because that's all I've been doing. Like Tim <laughs> could tell you, like every, like if he talks to me, he's like, "What are you doing right now?" I'm like, "Fucking literally drawing the same goddamn thing I was drawing before." So that's about all I've been working on. So I've just been drawing a lot, and that's been my geek of the week. I did like I got to kind of walk Tim through certain parts of his build this week as NVMe drives were new, and that gave him a little stall. So I got to kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Hate play? No, not even. But like uh, you know, when you get to enjoy something through somebody else, the word I'm looking for the word, and it's completely live vicariously. That's it. I get to live vicariously through Tim's hardware build this week since I've done mine a couple weeks ago and I was like hearing about <laughs> and, and help me and when I've gotten like up <laughs> against the wall. Well, there's always, I mean, it comes in handy having your IT buddy on the line. <laughs> you're, you're doing a new build and it's been a while since you've, you know, pulled the guts of your machine out. So, and I'm the guy who fucking pulls the guts of machines out for shits and giggles on boring weekends just to dust and Make sure I still remember how to put it all together. I could put a fucking PC together, like a, like a blindfolded Marine could put an M16 together these days. So it starts getting a little weird. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's always nice making sure somebody gets set up and running. Because always, my favorite part is always the something's not working. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. what did you do? And it was like it was literally like me eventually figuring coming to the realization of my own, but like after we talked it through together, kind of thing. Like, oh, I can't put the NVMe drive in that slot because it doesn't work with yeah. if you have something in this SATA slot and like it immediately came it just came it boiled right down to read the manual. <laughs> I basically got to tell Tim the ultimate geek thing is just read the fucking manual, Tim, and all the information was in there. So I'm glad Tim's got I mean his he doesn't sound like shit this week. So <laughs> like to my ears right now, because usually Tim's connection and like his stuff was shaky and now he's crystal clear. I'm gonna let you on on a secret too. I'm not hardwired right now. I'm like, I'm running off. Oh, I figured you were. (laughs) I I figured I would, I figured I'd give it a shot and see like if it worked okay without me being hardwired. And I can always, so far so good. If I wasn't. Yeah. Well, to be fair that, what were you using? Was your old board, did that have Wi-Fi built into it? No. Or were you plugged into the, I was, I was plugged into the, the little uh, uh, Google Wi-Fi pod that I have in my office. Like one of the pods that we have is right in my office. Why is your pods downlink so much shittier than what you're getting from the fucking radio on your new board? I mean, the new board. Oh no, I'm still, I'm still hardwired into the pod. Oh, you plugged so, into it. So whatever okay. the issue was, it was internal in my system. Oh, is that okay? Then it was clocks. Yeah, maybe maybe like a processing issue or something like that. Or, it was, yeah. it was or, definitely or clocks. Then. 
the fact that Zencaster like has been you know programming itself for newer processors. That's probably what it, I was going to say. It's probably you, you were too slow at that point. Like not enough, not enough cores or not enough fast, not fast enough clocks. Yeah, which so. well, I mean is counterintuitive because like I was never maxing out any of my cores or anything like that. It was just that like the way that like they weren't writing the code for the architecture of my like fucking nine year old chip. I, I guess I'm not really at that point. It's just like, can it run certain processes like certain APIs or whatever? But either way, we're obviously not having as many issues tonight as we have mm. been in the past six months or so. With this, So I'm, I'm pretty happy so far. I'm, I'll, we'll see when I get through the edit and what his actual sound file is like, but I'll be, I'll be happier once I've got all my fucking programs reinstalled and made sure that like, I've got my iTunes library back up and running and all my fucking Firefox tabs reloaded and shit. I thought you would have done that already, but all right, fair enough. I would have if I, yeah, it's been a been a week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Cool. Well, let's let's get this fucking show over with so you can get back to work. Uh, <laughs> so can I. So we're gonna move on now to meat of the episode. Meat of the episode. Robot beefcake meat. I was gonna say we're doing a little double feature this week. Uh, lots of Netflix animation has been hitting, and lots of very nostalgic Netflix animation has been hitting. So I thought we'd take a little take a week and. Watch some like nostalgia eighties cartoons that are well, I mean they're produced now, but they're you know, throwbacks to eighties franchises. So we watched he, what is it? Masters of the Universe Revelations? What's yeah, it Masters of, yeah, Motu it's not He Man right? of the Universe yeah. Revolution. No, He Man is not in the title. And yeah, for good that's reason. What I thought. <laughs> yeah, probably for good reason. And then we also watched uh, the last part of the Transformers War for Cybertron mini series series that yeah, Netflix series is doing series. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically. Well, they kind of they it kind of plays like three long movies, like three movies kind of thing at this point. I mean, yeah, sure. If, I mean, in terms of length, in terms of length, maybe not in terms not of structure, so, not so well, much in terms of actually having you know story like followable plots. I mean, none of. I mean, this was probably the most followable plot of the three of them, and <laughs> that's not saying much. I was still confused for bits and pieces. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe first because it's not done yet, and we can just kind of like just give a, a broad overview of what we thought about the first five episodes after Tim walks us through the plot of the first five episodes of Masters of the Universe. So Okay, now I'm going to try and do this quick because I know we got two series to cover. So we're in Eternia where all this shit takes place. He-Man has a couple of prisoners or quote-unquote He-Man has a couple of prisoners uh, that he's taking to the Sorceress at Castle Grayskull. One of them is like Skeletor in disguise who promptly gets his ass handed to him by the sorceress, which was fucking hilarious. Just watching him get wrecked and like end up on his face like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But then it turns out that this is not the real He-Man. It's like a robo He-Man and they uh, fight the sorceress. And then I guess, did they like, I guess they like defeat her kind of, well, she likes telepathically communicates to, Prince right. Adam, that like things are going on. Right? Yeah, so so I just back in it today. Yeah, back in okay. uh, the other castle. What's that castle called? Well, it's like uh, whatever the Eternia Kingdom. Like yeah, the, the, king, the main like Prince castle. Adam's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the non evil castle or whatever. Tila is about to become like have the title of Man at Arms bestowed on her, which at that point wouldn't she be Woman at Arms? But whatever. But then she gets this call, or Prince Adam gets the call from the sorceress, and then they all. Tila has to immediately, once she gets the title bestowed on her, leave all the warriors of Eternia into battle against Skeletor's forces. Big old battle ensues during which Man-at-Arms definitely punches a horse. Which was awesome. And it's a mechanical horse. <laughs> An evil horse. But, you know, yeah, so, yeah. But, so it's okay. punch it right in the face and it was yeah. awesome. 
It's a callback to the old Conan movie, man, where he punches that. Uh, he punches the camel. I mean, punching yeah. a horse is a common fantasy trope yeah. for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Skeletor incinerates Moss Man in the battle, and then He Man stabs Skeletor. But in doing so, he inadvertently puts the sort of power into like the door that unlocks the Hall of Wisdom at the same time, which also has the effect of revealing that Castle Grayskull is actually the Hall of Wisdom. It's like this big glowy rainbowy fucking thing. Castle or whatever instead. Yeah. Uh, Skeletor tries to like release the power of creation, basically, like the magic that holds this whole universe together from the Orb of Wisdom. The sorceress like stops time to stop him from doing it. And like they're talking about like how they can stop him. He-Man eventually uses the sword sort of power to like absorb the resulting blast, which ends up splitting the sword in two. It also ends up transforming He-Man back to Prince Adam. And then uh, both him and Skeletor end up being killed in the process too, or seemingly quote unquote killed. But then during all this, Tila and King Duncan learn through this process that He-Man and Prince Adam are one and the same, and they're not fucking happy about it. Tila in particular, very not happy that like she's gone through Presumably this is like a direct follow-up to like the old series and like they've gone through all that shit together in that series. And Tila, That's what the, I mean, that was yeah. like a running joke, right? That like Tila was yeah. the only one that fucking didn't know the Prince Adam was He-Man. Yeah. So we do like a time skip. Tila at this point is a mercenary and her and her partner, Andra, are hired by this old lady to go to Snake Mountain and to get a chalice. They find that Snake Mountain is actually being hell is under like the power or control of triclops and trap jaw and um, that they've established triclops like, voiced by fucking henry rollins which is like yeah. immensely bad oh, we'll talk so. about the fucking voice cast about this yeah, goddamn the cast, show. So that's what the weird about the show because i was like it's fine but the voice cast is spectacular and like mm-hmm. they kept showing up as the episodes went on i was like oh my god yeah so either way and yeah triclops and trap jaw have established like this techno cult there basically like they Skeletor died and therefore magic is not like they don't have any faith in magic anymore. And so they're like, well, we'll go like lean real hard into the weird, like technical side of this fantasy world instead. Why not? Big old fight in the end. They Tila and Andra end up getting this chalice. They take it back to this old lady. Well, they meet this old lady at the hall of wisdom, uh, which is where the sorceress is still there, but she's old and like trying to hold the world together basically, or the universe together. Uh, we find out the old lady's really evil in and that what she had them get from snake mountain was like the head, like the skull Ram skull that is the top of the havoc staff, uh, which is Skeletor's weapon that was disguised or like somehow magically, you know, like cloaked as this chalice or whatever. Cringer is still there too. I should say Cringer battle cat have been around this whole time, but Cringer is still there. Like pr- kind of protecting the sorceress against whatever comes to attack them. We find out that Evelyn is actually helping the sorceress to save Eternia's magic because the sort of power is gone. Magic is like no longer tethered to Eternia. So like it's sort of slowly slipping away, which means that Eternia is like gradually kind of declining and falling. And they find out that they, of course, I mean, anytime that a sword gets, split into two pieces. The only way to save things is to reunite the two halves of the sword together to remake the sort of power, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the only possible thing plot that they could be going for here. 
Uh, Tila and her crew meet up with uh, Duncan as he's like defending some people from Trapjaw and Triclops. And uh, then Beastman shows up as well and joins this whole like little motley crew. Duncan was apparently trying to get enchanted water to bring to Orko, who's like really sick because of the lack of magic in Eternia and like the, the fact that magic's like slipping away. They take Orko along with them on their little journey, uh, as well as Roboto, who is a robot that has Duncan's memories. And so they're like, oh, he can reforge the sword of power because like Duncan was the former man at arms and like knew how to make weapons and shit. I had uh, that toy growing up too. So the man at arms toy, kind of the Roboto toy. No man, I had man at arms too, but I had the Roboto, which was like so that was a weird throwback for me. Like mm-hmm. seeing him, I was like, oh wait, I thought that was totally like a secondary character I would never see in like an animated anything. And like, <laughs> right, right, cool. well, there's characters in this that like weren't even in the original series, like like fucking Muse character, like yeah, Stink- Stinkor. Stinkor was like a fucking like cast off character that never appeared yeah. in the original series, and they were like, let's bring this back and let's make the stinky guy Muse. And yet everybody had the toy. I totally had a Stinkor because <laughs> it was so common. I didn't. The only toy that I had, I had like a, a He-Man and I had one of the vehicles. There was like a vehicle that was like, I don't know what kind of animal it was fashioned after, but like it was, it was like pretty low to the ground, but it had this like sort of alternate mode where it would like spring up into kind of like an A-frame. And like the the character would like oh, okay. be. I mean, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but like it was like a gift. There's right? so the many weird because my parents would never buy me He Man toys because it was people fighting, and that wasn't okay. I can have as many Transformers as I want. Oh, okay, robots fighting. Priest Transformers, like He Man, was like my my kid toy. Like I had lots of like I had both He Man and Star uh, Star Scream Skeletor, right. Like I had Castle Grayskull, like T. I had a buddy that had like, like all of those. Yeah. yeah. I remember he had like the, the one that had like the super long extendy arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I can't remember what I, I my cousin and I had almost every like combined basically had every figure you could get for the original Master of the Universe line. Yeah. A pair of like six year olds or whatever the hell we were <laughs> when the show was on. And then I went hard on the Transformers like, <laughs> the next year or whatever. So. So uh, they send off Duncan, presumably, to go to Grayskull to like help protect the sorceress. And then everybody else set sail for Subternia, which is one of the places like where one of the halves of the sword is. Well, they get sent to like basically their heaven and hell, right? To go yeah, complete yeah, their task. is like their hell and yeah, preternia is where the other sword is and that's their heaven. What else could you possibly ask these people to do aside from yeah. like walk in and out of hell <laughs> to get a sword back? So but, but on the way to Subternia they get attacked by Merman and the fish people. Merman voiced by fucking Kevin Conroy and the yeah. fish people. And uh, then Duncan comes in and kicks ass and totally did not go to protect the sorceress. He actually was like following them and making sure they were okay. Kicks all kinds of fucking ass. They get to Subternia and then they're immediately like they go into it and it's immediately one of those things where like they're divided into different like illusions and they got to conquer their demons and shit. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all their fucking demons, but... It's like they shared scripts with Kingdom because they do the exact same thing <laughs> yeah, with the Allspark at the end of the season. Except this, yeah, you can actually fucking follow and tell that's what they're doing. I didn't say they did it well in Transformers. I said <laughs> they did the same fucking thing. So Tila makes a deal with this like entity that looks like Skeletor, but I don't think actually. Come on, is. Skull Glow? That was t- okay, um, Skull Glow. It was t- oh god, it's Candyman. It's is it Tony Todd? This is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Tony Todd. Yeah, that was Tony oh, Todd. Scare, Scare Glow. Okay. Yeah. Scare Glow. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that I guess that is an actual fucking He Man character. Oh yeah, I had him. I had I had Scare. Yeah, Scare Glow was one of the ones I had actually. So there you go. <laughs> so basically, Scare Glow. <laughs> Just the fucking names in this series can get any stupider. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it's so what, dumb. She he says he'll give her one of the swords if like she'll give him her biggest fear, like reveal her biggest fear to him, which ends up being He Man to start with. Like, and it sort of ends up being like her feelings of like betrayal and insufficiency because like he didn't share his secret with her. But then eventually, her fear, quote unquote, becomes herself but like in her old attorney in armor and like her fear yeah. of her fate basically and like not living up to it and she overcomes it. Oh yeah. The, so the other groups have their own demons to deal with, which end up being relatively inconsequential and they defeat, which like dispels the illusions. Tila learns how to like manage and accept her fears, which ends up earning her the sword. Evil Lynn uses the sword to open the door, open the side door into Moria basically. Cause that's exactly what it fucking looks like. Uh-huh. Which which leads to preternia, but before they get through it, the glowy Skeletor dude, Scare Glow, shows up and tries to stop them from going through the door. Then Orko gets all fucking like hulky and badass and hulks out and stops him because like he's got his magic groove back. And Orko banishes Scare Glow, but he also disappears himself, and then everybody assumes that he's dead. As far as we know, he is, even though. I mean, like, great. probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Based, based like, on what happens. Nobody, nobody dies in He-Man. Yeah. Uh, so then they all yeah. get to Preternia, which is, like, Eternia's heaven. They find Prince Adam there, who, like, straight up is like, oh, yeah, here's the second sword. But, like, then says, yeah, but you can't get back to Eternia. Yeah. And then there's this whole conceit that, like, if they participate, if Teela and Prince Adam participate in, like, this hunt for a magic cat then maybe they can get back to Eternia but all of the other past heroes of Eternia are also part of this hunt including a black one which I thought was handled all right he was the first one apparently yeah the first hero of Eternia yeah so everybody else works with hero literally he dash row who's another of the these ancient Eternian warrior warriors to reforge the two swords into the sword of power. Um, they're like using Roboto as a conduit for the remaining ancient magic that's like needed. Uh, but he's like mortally injured in the process of reforging the sword of power. And then he has his whole like, I'm a real boy kind of moment before he yeah, dies. Yeah, a moment right there. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, I didn't. What's the name of that dude? The, the the first hero of eternity. Did he? Did they actually give him a name or no? Oh, I can't remember. There was they. They were spouting off so many of these weird random human names that I was like, I don't. I can't keep track of all this stuff anymore. Yeah, me neither. Anyways, the 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 black. Oh, okay. it was King. Gr- Sorry, it was King Grayskull was the first one. Oh, right? Okay, that, King Grayskull, and that was uh, actually that's Dennis Haysbert. Oh yeah, he's he's the, the he's the president twenty four. Yeah, and also the the insurance dude. I can't remember what insurance company is. But he, oh, that's right. He, he does, does uh, like Allstate. He's the Allstate guy. Allstate. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's King. Yeah, so he's the namesake of Castle Grayskull. Right. They right, named right. it after him. There's a story they tell about like him defending the realm and then them naming Grayskull after him or right. whatever. Because he was King Grayskull, his like tower in Preternia has a door in it that uh, will lead him back to Castle Grayskull, but like he won't go through it because like it's not natural or whatever. Yeah. 
then, oh yeah, before they go back, uh, Teal and Adam sort of like have it out over Adam keeping his secret from her. Uh, but then they end up all going back to Eternia together. Uh, along, they also bring Prince Adam back from the dead. And then they have another fight with the like this weird techno cult. Uh, Adam uses a sort of power to restore magic to the sorceress and to Eternia. It also restores power to the Havoc staff, which like brings back Skeletor, who apparently had been like hiding in Evelyn's orb. Um, yeah. Evelyn, who had like gone along with all this, like she was, you know, good or whatever, but really it was just self-serving. She was like, "I need magic, and this is how we get magic back." Yeah. The Skeletor kills Adam again. <laughs> second second time in five episodes that Prince Adam dies. Uh, basically, like just before he transforms back or transforms into He-Man. Uh, and then Skeletor uses the sort of power to become like this big fucking hulking master of the universe. Like he he does the whole I have the power thing and roll credits cliffhanger for the rest of the season. Yeah, which was like kind of annoying. So I was like, just give me all of it at this point, you fuckers. <laughs> like, come on. But then they can't stoke the outrage of like all the oh. fanboys that were like, he was hardly in this thing. It's like, yeah, his fucking name wasn't in the title either, was it? And he wasn't like, I mean, he's, yeah, whatever. We can talk about that if you really want to get into like, <laughs> you know, they're almost bronies at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is like, He-Man is one of those characters that people refer to as like, this is the male power fantasy, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, this, yeah. yeah. This is one, like it's, this is, He-Man is not like a character that like women look at and like, oh my God, I want a man like that. Like these, yeah. these characters as they were originally written, were totally written like for the male, male game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As, as, you male know, power fantasy. Yeah, male power fantasy. And then the women were, I mean, Tila was pretty good in the original, but she was also like, you know, and they play off it in here. They, they She was the fucking like ditzy idiot that could never figure out that Adam was He-Man, right? Especially in the old cartoon where they're like identical, except for the shirt that they're not wearing <laughs> exactly. or whatever. Whereas yeah, here, yeah, like so. Adam is like, you know, a lot slighter, yeah, yeah, a lot smaller in in stature, kind of thing. Yeah, but. yeah. So, like, what did you think overall? I like, I had this weird, like, I was having fun with it, even though it was like hokey as fuck the whole time. But I, yeah, no, that was that was pretty much where I came down to. Like, I, you know, it's it's goofy as shit, but oh, yeah. like, Kev clearly really understands these characters, and that you just have to, you have to just like fucking completely overlook the goofiness and just fucking yeah. lean into it and lean into like how over the top they are in order to sell yeah. it. And it, it fucking works, right? Like the whole, this whole like weird techno fantasy vibe that Eternia has is a fucking tough line to walk, but he does it pretty like not, not perfectly, but he does it pretty well. It's like, I always, He-Man to me is just like more, more sword and sorcery star Wars. You know what I mean? Cause it's kind of the same like idea basically just swashbuckling like it's yeah buckling in space kind of thing it's more like yeah fantasy in space mm-hmm. kind of stuff but this has like instead of instead of star wars where you've coded all the fantasy stuff behind like jedi and sith and all that other stuff this is just straight up fucking like yeah, the magic and sorcerers just, and stuff the magic is just right there on the fucking face of it here yeah yeah so it's very much like kid star wars and that's kind of what he-man's always been right like i'm actually like i've got like a, a presentation actually that i might do like at MythCon next year in my head that's like the parallels between like Tolkien, like Lord of the Rings and yeah. or the influences of Lord of the Rings on this. Cause there's like 
like a broken sword that needs to be reforged. There's yeah. that like doorway that clearly is heavily influenced by like the door to Moria and, and like a, a living forest like that, or like a sentient forest, that kind of thing. There's like a bunch of fucking boxes ticked. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, it, it is. It's like Kitty's first fantasy world, basically like, Oh yeah. I yeah. can draw a direct line between like me watching He-Man and eventually like really falling into the Conan books. Conan. Yeah. Like kind of stuff. Like this is just like it's it's very much like kitty kid friendly Conan kind of stuff where right? like, he's a barbarian. I mean the technology's different, obviously. Like they're doing that they don't do that stuff in Conan, but like by and large, like the male power fantasy of a barbarian fighting wizards and shit like that is like everything that Conan really is. And that's kind of a lot of this too, is like yeah, there's so much other fantasy stuff that gets referenced by He Man, obviously, but that it oh, becomes sure. like an it becomes a nice entryway, though, for kids, right? Like, this is a kind of a good way to get your kids involved in fantasy early on if you wanted them to be. Kind of yeah, and get way. them familiar with some of the tropes and, like, the common elements that kind of come back up here and there. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's a lot lighter than, like, what you would get with, like, <laughs> you know, trying to throw them into the deep end of even Narnia or something like that, like, when yeah. they're young. Because, like, no, really in He-Man, like, nobody's dying. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a PG. <laughs> at, like... Like at best, it's PG. Like at its hardest, it's PG, right? Kind of thing. And there's so. not the hardcore Christian allegory that there is in. Like, yeah, there's. I mean, you don't have to do any of the weird religious like double talk stuff with your kids. <laughs> you show them that He Man's pretty much a straight up just like hero journey On kind of face. thing. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about it. We want to talk about the castle because like that's kind of what really yeah. got me through these five episodes. And like I'm gonna just one, actually two. Lena Headey and Sarah Michelle Geller just yeah both of them god damn just so good like unbelievably good those two ladies on the show i was yeah. so sarah michelle geller did tila and lena Headey yeah. did evil in yeah. yeah and like the for everybody bitching about you know like it this oh it's a tila story i'm like good this is way more interesting than having like i don't really care for chris wood as an actor that much so yeah. i'd rather deal with sarah michelle geller as your lead basically he fine he did, he did he's fine enough as as uh, adam and human yeah yeah, but he man's not exactly a demanding like role, and he was fine as Adam also. But like, just Sarah Michelle Gellar is obviously like leading lady material, regardless of whether it be voice or whatever. She handles leading a crew like that very well. So, yeah. and the other one that really got me through was was Man at Arms, which was Sir Davos from yeah. Game of Thrones, Liam Cunningham. And yeah. what is it about this fucking guy that he keeps just playing like characters that are total fucking simps for like for a certain female character like like know. fucking man at arms here 100 percent fucking simp for tila and sir Davo, davros was like a fucking whole whole on like simp for Mel- melisandre in game of thrones yeah absolutely i don't know <laughs> he does it well i mean like i did like good it at the, it so the little behind the scenes keep... thing where they where they asked him like who he'd rather have beside him in a fight and he was like oh man at arms for sure because like fucking sir davos oh, yeah, little, yeah. like little like whiny bitch that like would <laughs> clearly wasn't very good at his job yeah yeah he was not uh great at it and he would tell you he wasn't great at it either but yeah <laughs> man in arms proves himself to be like they call there's an episode in this that's called the most dangerous man in eternia and like it refers to man in arms <laughs> and like you fucking badass in all that like fight animation sequence they have man in arms just like john wicking motherfuckers yeah everywhere. that, that, like, that uh, merman fight sequence yeah was like fucking epic yeah, it was really good. Actually, that was like one of the things I want to talk about too is like the animation and the fights and stuff like that. But let's. let's who else there's we want more. To talk there's more voice go? cast. You, you mentioned uh, Henry Rollins as Triclops. We mentioned Muse as Stinkor. Uh, Mark Kevin Conroy as Merman. 
Mark Hamill as Skeletor is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> we got to give special fucking props to, to Mr. Hamill for yeah. Skeletor because like there is some Joker in there, but it still just works perfectly. He's so yeah. I mean, he's so good at doing like the over the top arch villain at this yeah. point, like hamming it up. He was like when they cast him as Skeletor, I was I was immediately on board just with that. I was like, oh, they got Hamill as Skeletor. I'm watching yeah. this like at least once because yeah. And the thing is, like it. You know, if you were to read this cast list, you'd think like, oh, man, some of this is just like straight up stunt casting kind of thing. Like, you know, they're not casting these people because they'll do a good job. But every one of them fucking does it. Like even fucking Muse does a solid job uh, in in his role. Yeah, Stinkor kind of thing. Like I didn't. And like I knew it was him. And I listening to the the, whatever the performance, I I couldn't. I didn't place it immediately. Like, no, it was to me immediately. So I was like, oh, that's good for him. Like, he actually did a decent job, like not just doing the fucking Jay. Yeah, just doing Jay. Yeah. Yeah. So So, like that was cool. But like, yeah, they had a bunch of people because they had like like, the sorceress was Susan Eisenberg, who's a Trek Mm -hmm. alumni. I think she played the uh, the board queen when Alicia. What is it? Alice Creech didn't. Stephen Root from Stephen uh, Root is radio and office space is Cringer. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Alicia Silverstone was the queen, apparently. And Deidre Clotter was King Randor, which I like that because he usually gets like more comedic roles. Like he did like the jokey Batman in Brave and the Bold. Batman Brave and the Bold, yeah. Yeah, but but here like they actually gave him like something a little more, I mean, serious for this series anyways to like kind of sink his teeth into. And I think he did a a solid job at it. Oh, Justin Long was Roboto. I I would never would have guessed. I'm looking at the cast list now. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Okay. I I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense for Kev to give Justin Long as much work as possible. He did put him in Tusk. So yeah. he owes him at that point, I think. Phil Lamar from... Oh, yeah. Mad He's TV. From, yeah. Uh, what, did did the hero, like the goofy, uh, old, old Eternian hero. Harley Quinn Smith was in there, like in a minor role. Yeah. But, oh, I, know, I, I figured I figured Harley would get a job. He, she always She's going to get a job in everything he does at this point, especially for voice yeah. stuff. So Yeah. But no, overall, like, it, yeah, th- everybody that they cast did, like, a decent job. Like, it wasn't like they were just coming in and doing their own voice or whatever just so that they would be recognized. It's like they came in and actually fucking did a decent job. And, I mean, that was one of the – I mean, we're going to end up comparing these two things a bunch tonight. But, like, yeah, the, the voice cast here was fucking far and above better than what oh it was in Transformers. God. Both the voice – like, the cast, the voice acting, and the, and the voice and the voice directing all seemed, like, head yeah. and shoulders above what we got in Kingdom. Well, like this actually felt like, I mean, I, they had Kev there. So I'm assuming Kev was directing this the way yeah. he kind of directs stuff. Right. Like, and like they do animate, he's done animation before. And like, from what I understand the the kingdom, like the Transformers cast is pretty scabby. Like it's not union guys. And so it's not, that's mm-hmm. why you're, you're seeing like, you don't see like a Frank Walker or a, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like the, the guys who usually do Transformers and stuff, Peter... those guys aren't present. Peter Colin. That's Peter the Colin. one I was thinking of. Thank you. Like, you don't see those guys showing up for Kingdom and stuff because they use a bunch of, like, non-union dudes. Whereas Mm -hmm. this is, like, okay, we got, like, Mark Hamill, Kevin... Like, you want to talk animation powerhouse, like, heavy hitters. They drop money on the fucking cast. Yeah, they got Mark Hamill, they got Kevin Conroy, who are, like, the two biggest names in voice acting because of what they've done for Batman. And you've got (laughs) Senator Michelle Geller. I really want to see the budget between this and like, oh my God. And, and War for Cybertron. <laughs> and then on top of that, like this animation is so much better. Like I like the CG that they do for War for Cybertron, but it's so lifeless in comparison. This yeah. was like pretty well animated. It looked oh, like, yeah. it was fun to watch. Like for me as an animation dork, I was sitting here watching this and just being like, man, they really put like they put some fucking effort and money into the at yeah. least the animation and choreography of this. So I was extremely happy with that. The animation. Yeah, powerhouse, the- right? 
Oh, I don't remember. I know that the that Rooster Teeth did the Rooster Teeth did Transformers because they've been on Transformers, Transformers. since yeah. like uh, like Power of the Primes and uh, yes, this Minor one is Wars Powerhouse Animation Studios did this. Yeah, one. who I think are also responsible for Castlevania or parts of Castlevania, so like they, they do really really nice work. And then the score also, I wanted to shout out uh, Bear McCreary does the score for this and like perfect. Oh yeah, no, score. yeah, the like, fucking score was. Beautiful. Yeah, like that that epic rock, like symphonic kind of rock combo worked fucking perfectly here. Mm-hmm. And that was like different than what they like in the old one. It was more just like a straight up like symphonic st- score kind of thing. Whereas like yeah. here they brought in more of those like metally rock uh, aspects and it totally fucking worked. I mean, like He Man's the, the original like airbrush on the side of a van kind of character okay, yeah. too, right? He's <laughs> sure. like a barbarian character that you would totally do that kind of stuff with. So it yeah. works perfectly with like a little bit of a metal tinge to it. I'll, I'll go back to the animation. Uh, I thought, yes, the animation was good, but the, they also put some fucking money into the backgrounds as well, which yeah. I appreciated. Like I always like a good, like nice painted background like that. Those two things together made it really feel a lot like the old like 80s cartoons. Yeah, well, it felt like an enhanced version of the old 80s cartoon because the 80s yeah. cartoon never looked this fucking good. Well, it also didn't have those like little CGI effects sort of inserted as well, yeah. which I thought were when they did use them were used to good effect. Yeah, no, they did. I, I was like, I was extremely happy with the animation on this, like to the point where usually with this kind of stuff and like specifically we'll talk about it with Transformers, I will tune out and start doing other stuff. Like I'm always drawing mm-hmm. something. So like I'm out, out doing other stuff. He-Man this made me kept, like I kept yeah. stopping and like watching it and I eventually just put the iPad down and was like, I'm just going to sit here and look at this because like I yeah. like looking at good animation, like it's Same. inspiring for what I'm working on anyway. So it's great. And I was like, I'll just sit here and fucking soak this shit in because it looked yeah. beautiful. So, And one of like the watermark in terms of animation that I always look for in these sorts of throwback series or any of these ki- kind of like anime series is like the transformation sequences and the way that they did He-Man and Battle Cats transformations both were like I was like fully here for it. I was like, yeah, it's fucking badass. Give it to me. Yeah, it was like it was almost like Sailor Moon esque in terms yeah. of like how over the top it was, which I was like, I was pretty there for like yeah. really, really animating up he-Man's like transformations and powers and stuff worked really, really well for me. So I was like, uh, you know what? Do more. Like I would, I would watch this show if they did like a weekly show. You know what I mean? Like the old Saturday morning cartoon kind of thing. I'd probably just like, I don't know that you'd be able to pull off the same like epic story kind of. No, 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 no. Uh, But if they did like uh, a couple of these, like the way they're doing kingdom where we got like one every like once, once a year they do six or 10 episodes or something like that. I would be Mm -hmm. like a hundred percent on board with watching like a He-Man movie written by Kevin Smith and voiced by this fantastic cast and animated this well and kill an afternoon with it. Cause like I didn't have this much fun with a lot of this. Like I usually don't have this much fun with an animated series. Usually I'm bitching a lot more, which we'll get to momentarily. <laughs> no, I had so much fun with this that like I, even to the point where like at the halfway point of this, I was like, Oh, maybe we should just hold off and not talk about it until it's done. <laughs> and out, do yeah. the whole things out. But I was like, you know what? I had so much fun with it. I think we should, put it out there that we like, we enjoyed this and like get other people watching it too because it's had a yeah. weird reception from like its fan base and stuff because so you're not yeah. a diehard fucking he-man fan who's like insane and thinks like everything needs to be about your male power fantasy because you know yeah <laughs> with with you, his with his like shriveled like fucking uh, steroid testicles yeah, absolutely <laughs> like if you're not one of those guys and you're just like in for like a little bit of a nostalgia fest with some cool animation and like an easy fun story like uh, I can't recommend this enough. I was so, like shocked by how much I enjoyed it. So, 
And it actually gave uh, Kevin an opportunity to finally write something with Mark Bernard, which he's been talking about to me for years, and they finally worked oh, yeah, on this I together. That he wrote along with them. He wrote episode three, I believe. He wrote the Man in Arms episode that I talked about, I believe. Like that was nice. his episode. So yeah, and it was really cool having uh, Mark actually do something with Kevin, like get them get to work together, yeah. as opposed to him just kind of like cameoing in like Jane Silent Bob reboot. Like <laughs> he did. So um, yeah, do you have anything else? you want to talk about before we get out of here because like we talked about the score and the animation like was pretty good and then and just in terms of content like we're and we're i'm gonna compare this again there's way more action here overall compared to oh uh, kingdom you know there's definitely some dialogue sequences but like if you were to like you know compare the two i'd say this is like 50 50 ish like action and talking yeah. whereas like fucking kingdom 75 like 20 80, like, 80 20 yeah. or something like yeah. that yeah yeah so, like, there's much less, like, chatter and fucking emo fucking dour robots in this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always impressed by the Transformers franchise ability to take what is supposed to be a bunch of robots fighting and ha- turn it into a bunch of robots pouting. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, we can get into it. Actually, we can get into it now. But, well, I was, but- The only things that I had, well, one, um, this is a question for you since you were more into He-Man than I was, was, like, the imagery they used in that opening sort of recap sequence was that from the old box art from the toys it's based like on the the, hand, the watercolor painted kind of stuff it's based on that stuff i think it, it felt familiar like so yeah i'm sure I like well from what i understand from like i, I like i listen to all of kev's podcast and stuff right so like he's been talking about this quite a bit the last month or so right i guess when they initially went into like it's mattel right this is in yeah. hasbro yeah. Well, they went into Mattel to talk about this. Has- Sorry, I always think I gotta Hasbro's think Hasbro first because Hasbro's yeah, Transformers, Mattel's He Man. I guess when he first went into Mattel, what were we talking about? He just completely distracted myself. The the box art or like the, the oh, recap imagery yeah. at the start. Well, like I guess the from the the basis for this was a lot. They wanted to pull in some of the mythology from the original mm-hmm. comics and box oh, okay. art from the original Maybe toy that's series. Like cover art or something like that from some of the comics so what they what they brought in i think was like they re- had the the people redo the old box art in this mm-hmm. style to kind of clean it up and like 4k it kind of thing because those paintings were all old oil paintings and shit that was a nice like uh, yeah. a nice sort of stepping stone to get you from like here's what you're familiar with here's where we are now kind of thing well and that's the weird thing about these two shows they both have obviously tie-in toy lines and it's funny seeing the way that they kind of handle their art from the shows on the toys the same way. Cause I, I'm obviously <laughs> still collecting transformers like crazy, but they still do those old school, like G one style paintings of the new bots and stuff on the boxes and on whatever. And I was looking at the He-Man figures that were in Walmart, I think this week, cause I was buying transformers obviously. <laughs> and they had that art on it again, but it's the updated stuff from revelations. Like those, oh, those nice. paintings that were from the show. And I was like, Oh man, it's cool that they're like, still hearkening back to those original making toy lines where like yeah. making even the packaging feel like it yeah yeah and i was like that that's kind of why i've been buying these transformers because they kind of feel like what it was like buying the g1 figures like in the box with all the, mm-hmm. like, the lines and stuff like that and the cool painting on the background the grins, that I would, yeah. and i would spend fucking hours staring at those goddamn paintings like that's 90 <laughs> percent of why i started drawing do they have those probably uh, kind of text spec cards uh, not anymore. No, sadly, they don't do those. <laughs> so you anymore. have to like, you have to put the little like red, the red? Uh, yeah, yeah, the little red like plastic thing over to actually. Those are always my favorite part of getting the reissues. I buy like the, the odd reissue here, and then like the last one I bought was like the Hot Rod reissue, and it has those tech specs on it still, and it comes with a little red thing, and I'm like, oh yeah. man, that's nostalgia to me. I can't take the rub on Autobot Decepticon oh, yeah, symbol, yeah, yeah. like the one that you, you rub. You don't know. You don't know. Whether it's Autobot. 
Decepticon until you rub it. Except, except, except it's Optimus Prime, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, that's what I always liked about Transformers. Like, they actually even had individual boxes for, like, factions, right? Like, you would get, mm-hmm. like, the Decepticon box, and it was purple, and, like, the, Transform- the Autobots red. were red, and... Like He Man did that some of that stuff too. Like you would get the darker, like purpley art for like the villain guys, and then He Man would have the blue kind of standard stuff. This is all back in the day, obviously, like the classic stuff. But they're doing that again now on the like these Revelations reissue toys, or like what we're getting for. But my favorite part about the Transformers, so like this series so far, is just that the toys are fucking awesome. The show's like <laughs> so mediocre, but I fucking love this toy line so much. So, which is not great, but you know. I was going to say, the only other thing I have to say about this series is, like, there were times that it got a little too, like, sappy for my taste. Well, it's a little, like, after school especially in spots where I was like, uh, <laughs> Like, Orko especially was yeah. super fucking over-the-top emo, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had the same, like, I mean, for me, like, Captain Cynical and stuff, some of the, like, after school specialness of it kind of graded on me a little bit, but for the most part, they breeze through that stuff and get you back into the action pretty quickly. You're not, there's only a couple scenes where you're really lingering on Orko whining about his existence or whatever. And you're just like, he shouldn't <laughs> yeah. exist and he should go away. Anyway, you're the, you're the worst bumblebee than of this <laughs> franchise. Yeah. They're like, let's like somebody made a conscious choice to like, let's redeem Orko and not make him just a piece of garbage, fucking like annoying character and like, give him, a, give him an actual fucking plot. I'm like, no, don't do that. Please don't. You know, there's always a writer who's like got like that one character that they have a bug up their ass about yeah. in this kind of show. You know, there is somebody in that writer's room who's like, I'm an Orco guy and I'm going to redeem Orco. <laughs> yeah, blah, exactly. blah, blah. And there was, I guess, even the actor was on. So, like, the week that this came out, the actor who played Orco in this was on Fat Man Beyond or like was on. Uh, uh, or no, uh, Griff, Griffin Noonan was the one that played Orko. Yeah. Sorry. He was on the, yeah, he was on the stream that Kev did that night as Kev was getting all the reviews and kind of getting snarky about it. But he was talking about how, like, it was his goal in life to redeem Orko. And I was like, I hate you. Like, I just, I just don't die. like you as a person because <laughs> yeah. of that. I don't want to deal don't with this. Yeah. But either way, like, I had a good time with it overall. So let's, uh, well, that was the guy that played Arthur in the Tick. Uh, the Amazon oh, that's right. The, like the Amazon Tick. Yeah, yeah. Not the original. Not the original. Let's move on to Transformers. So we can bitch about it and then get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the plot <laughs> for what it is of Transformers slash War for Cybertron slash Kingdom or colon, I guess, if you prefer, is the trans. I mean, we pick up where Earthrise left off. The Transformers and Decepticons crash on Earth. Megatron's floating around in space because he's been betrayed by the Decepticons. I think Starscream, if I remember. I mean, Usually, if he's fucking betrayed, it's by Starscream. I literally watched all three series again this week. Yeah. And I still can't remember how this started. I just remember yeah. it just made no impression whatsoever. It's like in one ear, out the other. It opened like on the very iconic, like the two ships crashing kind of mm-hmm. scene, and then just kind of goes crazy from there. I think they crash. No, no, because he's on Nemesis when they crash, because he meets Megatron, Predacon Megatron, as soon as they leave the ship. And Optimus and them get like jumped by the predic, not the Predacons, the Maximals. As soon as they crash, also basically, like yeah. they're on Earth for thirty seconds before like we've got Beast Wars characters yeah, just like exactly. all over the place. But like in space, he there's like a he has a vision where he's given a gold disc by Galvatron before uh, before yeah Galvatron yeah oh that's right he has or whatever he has like a quick like yeah time vision where like he speaks to yeah. Galvatron again because that's the I think we didn't talk about Earthrise on the show no. he is. 
Galvatron first appears to Megatron in Earthrise to start warning him about like Galvatron or Unicron or whatever. Yeah, but fucking Megatron doesn't put like two and two together and figure out that Galvatron is Galvatron. that Galvatron, yeah, is like a future version of him. And that that was my problem with all these fucking like vision sequences is like they didn't clearly denote them as vision sequences. So I was like, oh, that actually happened. And then like later on, he doesn't actually have that gold disc and shit. And a lot of the problem I was having with the 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 those things is like they don't explain who Galvatron is. Yeah. Like, it's great for me, right? As a guy who's like <laughs> loves Transformers, watches everything, reads the comics, does all this shit, and I see Galvatron, I'm like, I just like that character's design, so I get all fucking hyped up. But then they start just using him like everybody's supposed to know who Galvatron is. This is even like a worse example of the Kang thing that I was complaining about in Loki, where they just like drop him in there and expect you to know what it's what it is. I'm like, no, this is supposed to be an introduction to people to the this world, dropping the future. Unicron altered Megatron back into the timeline Jesus. is going to be really confusing for regular people who aren't me, you know, who like live and breathe this Transformer shit. So yeah, it was a little confusing right away. Either way, <laughs> so the Autobots, yeah, as soon as they land, the Autobots are attacked by like what appears to be animals that obviously end up being the the trans or being Transformers. They're the Maximals. <laughs> Uh, but the Maximals aren't fully sure who the Autobots are to start. And then the Decepticons are trying to like get their shit working after the crash, but they detect quote unquote intruders that end up being one of the well, like yeah, end up being the Primal Cons basically, Predacons, Predacons. Sorry, that that recognize Megatron and they have the the gold disc, which I thought Megatron already had because that fucking flashback se- or like dream sequence was yeah, confusing. not done well. There's a bunch of exposition between the Autobots and Maximals and the Decepticons and the Predacons. And we find out that the Autobots and the Decepticons traveled to the future when they went through the broken space bridge in Earthrise. The Golden Disk is like a history of Megatron kind of thing, but like an alternate universe history, like an alternate timeline kind of history of Megatron, uh, which like gives them an advantage because presumably they can use this to like avoid how Megatron failed last time. Starscream and Black Arachnia fuck each other. No, wait, they just like almost fuck each other. That was the fan base's fondest wish, I think, when this <laughs> was announced. So. Uh, but then Black Arachnia turns out to be gay later, apparently. Yeah. They partner up to like try to betray Megatron because that's what Starscream is just like fucking hardwired to do by default. Yeah, man. That's the reason the character exists. <laughs> There's a reason why on TV tropes, like the betrayer of your like group was called the Starscream as a trope for years. It was because of Starscream. <laughs> the the bird maximal a- avia air razor. No, is it? Yeah, air razor. Yep. I have the toy over here. Do you want to see it? I thought it. Oh yeah, air razor. You're right. Uh, yep. <laughs> really? You were arguing with me about this at this point? Come on, Tim. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. What I have I been doing for the last three weeks, Tim? Do you think I don't know who these characters are? <laughs> The the bird maximal air razor gets kidnapped <laughs> by the Predacons. There's this whole stupid fucking jailbreak plot. Yeah. Both the Autobots and the Decepticons are trying to find the Allspark because the whole reason that they came to Earth is because that's where they think the Allspark is. Megatron has like the advantage of like this history on the gold disc uh, or the alternate history or whatever on that gold disc thing. Megatron's having like through this whole fucking series, Megatron's having all three of these series, really, he's having these creepy visions of, like, dead 
Decepticons the whole fucking time. And he's even like more power drunk than usual in this series because he's already got this the matrix of leadership and that that like gold disc but like he's like still like i need the all spark and then i'll be all powerful yeah yeah well it's <laughs> megatron you know big fucking boner for the for the all spark even though he's already got the matrix of leadership the all sparks doing some weird shit to the environment it's making it go all like fucking pixely and turning it into metal or something yeah, who knows? <laughs> it's probably like it's probably them hinting at it retrofitting the planet to become more Cybertronian mm-hmm. or something like that. But I mean, the Allspark is knows? like the ultimate fucking MacGuffin. Like since it was first introduced in the fucking like Michael Bay movies, it was. It, like, I was literally going to say that's a Michael Bay like creation. They mm-hmm. put that in there uh, in the Michael Bay movies. The Allspark. It was a lot more nebulous before. There's also like a, a Vector Sigma computer that gave them life and shit in the cartoon. Transformers were really confusing back in the day. Uh, we could do an episode about it sometime where I just like that would be drunken rambling, Mark. You know what I mean? Tell us about Transformers in some kind of coherent fat or drunken incoherent fashion. I would I would crush that. It'd be fantastic. The the Raptor Bot, which is literally Dinobot. is fucking Dinobot. Like which is also real confusing because there's also a whole group of Dinobots in Transformers history, but this yeah. is just straight up Dinobot the Dinobot. Thankfully, there's no, like, it's weirdly, they don't have, like, any of the, like, the original Dinobots in this lineup of characters at all. I guess it makes sense they haven't been to Earth yet, but either way. I mean, I figured they were trying to sell toys, and they just put out a really nice Grimlock for Studio Series 86, so, like, sell your toys, boys. I don't know, whatever. Either way. Dinobot defects to the Maximals, and then he has this whole, like, showdown with Soundwave, stab Soundwave in the chest, which I guess Soundwave survives. Well, you can't kill Soundwave. That'd be like killing He-Man. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> uh, then the Raptor bot. Yeah, because there couldn't be any fucking actual stakes in these things. Then the Raptor bot uh, or Dinobot fights, actually fights Megatron. Uh, like, I literally have a note here saying like Raptor bot, whose name I never bothered to learn until after he died. <laughs> Apparently, he's just Dinobot, which is fucking stupid. Uh, (laughs) loses an arm ultimately manages to get the uh, matrix of leadership from Megatron, which like sends off a signal to prime or Optimus who comes and gets it. I I can't, I'm not going to be able to refer to him as prime for much longer. Well, I can't even now because there we've already got fucking the maximal prime Optimus Um, primal. Actually, you can say prime and primal would be the way to delineate. The real problem is Megatron who, well, then we're about to get a different fucking prime too. No, we don't. Let's get Nemesis Prime. Prime. Oh yeah, Nemesis is in here too. I wish I forgot about Nemesis. <laughs> it's super. I don't call him Prime. It's Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, there's also the fucking issue that like the Megatron of the Predacons is like the Tyrannosaurus, who's just called Megatron <laughs> because he named it. Like in the cartoon, it makes sense because he's named himself after Megatron. It's the same yeah. story they use here, but it's. The, the original Megatron isn't in the original Beast Wars show, yeah, so it's so not you just don't like have two characters named Megatron, which is like. And but you're also at the point where like you could just turn Megatron into Galvatron and fucking like obfuscate yeah, all this go, stuff. But no, we want to do this complicated three way gangbang between <laughs> Megatrons or whatever three way so, fucking like Loki incest plot kind uh, of thing, like where Megatron gets to fuck his future self and his <laughs> future. Ancestor or something. I, mean, I don't know. It's really he's a gun. Like the phallicness and like sexual implications are already not a gun in this. Answer. He is a tank. But your point still. stands. Still phallic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Prime comes and gets back the Matrix of Leadership and then sends up a 
big old fucking flare so that everybody knows like I am prime again. Dinobot has a big fucking dry out death scene. Optimus goes after Optimus Prime goes after the Allspark, but instead finds his quote unquote girlfriend Alita. And at this point, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe they're still going to get to fuck. Like I figured that they were probably going to in the first part of this thing. Uh, in uh, in C. Yeah, the the uh, the the weird romance of Optimus Prime, and this is because he yeah. basically spends the next. So like he's with her in Siege. And then he spends the next two series talking to a all spark recreation of her yeah. as though it's the real her. And I'm like, this is really confusing. You yeah. left her on Cybertron to die. I'm pretty sure she's dead now. I don't remember anymore what happened in Earthrise. And I just watched it three days ago. So <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. Starscream becomes like a ghost somehow. Like he gets a cloaking device somewhere. He gets Shockwave's I... cloaking device from oh, Earthrise. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Shockwave I... had it in the last series. That's the only the, I remember the toys and the tech. You know what I mean? Like what did Shockwave do? I remember that because Shockwave was there and I like Shockwave. But like what the actual plot of this is, I'm like, I don't know. Galvatron shows up though. So that was But Dinobot becomes like an actual ghost at this point. Yeah. Or spark or whatever. Robot ghost or whatever. Yeah. Megatron finds all like Ultra Magnus's ghost and figures out eventually that like he and Alita are both like representations of the Allspark or whatever. There's some weird supernaturally supernaturally shit that goes on between Alita and Prime. Prime enters the fortress where the Allspark is, which I figured for sure was going to be like fucking Metroplex or some shit like that, but wasn't. Now I want to be on Earth, so not yet. What a, a lot Maybe. of time has passed. Who knows what ha- what's happened? It's true. I was, that's what I mean. Like, they're in, back in the past. I was like, are we going to meet the real Dinobots at some point too? And like, just well, no. All this, this is the future. Up? Because like yeah, these people I, know I like what the history of Optimus Prime and Galvatron or and and Megatron are. See, this is prehistoric Earth though that we're on, right? Because they clearly show that it's north, like they're on the American yeah. continent and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's got to be before anything happened because they the eventually impl- the implication though is that like is that all of the stuff on cybertron happened like many many years before they well i mean that's the whole there. impetus yeah, yeah. Of, of, like the whole point is like when they wake up it's supposed to be modern times and i guess they woke up earlier because or they didn't they never went to sleep i don't know it doesn't make any sense whatsoever no, it, so it, i don't even want to try and think about it prime so megatron also follows prime into the like chamber where the all spark is and it ends up being like one of these whole like careful what you wish for like illusion vision kind of situations prime ends up getting the matrix of leadership back again the fortress explodes well he gets the matrix of leadership back in the vision so i guess like that's him spiritually accepting the leadership again i don't fucking know he's already got it back at this point because he got it from fucking Dinobot. He gets the All Spark now too, right? Like that's where he gets. He picks up the All Spark and they yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, they get. Yeah, around. they get back. The fortress like explodes, and we're supposed to assume that it killed Megatron, but it, obviously it fucking didn't. Starscream find well, like Starscream finds the disc which Megatron had like in Megatron's like disembodied arm, which is just like lying around in the rubble. And then learns from it that Megatron and Galvatron are the same person and then tells Megatron that he's like, basically is like trying to fuck with Megatron and be like, you're going to become like you were born into servitude. You're going to end up being a servant again when Unicron turns you into Galvatron, which is like good storytelling that they do nothing with. You know what I mean? Like that's a good angle. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, little nugget here that they're like, here, you could actually fucking do something with this, but instead you're going to try and do like 18 other things that don't fuck. This work. is an interesting concept and way to take Megatron's character as you try to develop him into an actual character and not just yeah. some like loudmouth tyrant or whatever. <laughs> like you have him actually fearing for his future because he's going to be like stuck in servitude again. He already escaped the Quintessons and like it's <sighs> actual storytelling, but. <laughs> Teletran one transforms into a huge fucking bot apparently because it came. Oh yeah, the arc. It, yeah. It, yeah, the arc turned. It, yeah, with like Teletran one is the yeah the brain mind or whatever. Or whatever yeah, it becomes the huge fucking bot does a transformation, but apparently because it came into contact with the Allspark and like woke up or some shit. Well, like the Allspark gave it the power to do or something like that. I don't yeah anymore. And like he attacks the what's the name of the Decepticon ship? Nemesis. The Nemesis. He attacks the Nemesis. And like ends the fight so that the Autobots slash Maximals come out on top. But there's also some of the Predacons have turned on them at this point. Uh, Jesus Christ, Tim, what is with the cops in your fucking neighborhood this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, Air Razor <laughs> saves Black Arachne as she's falling, and Black as she's falling, and Black Arachne kisses her. So they're gay for each other, I guess. I don't know. Black Arachne says something about RC too at one point in the earlier, like when she's yeah, on the. Maybe Black Arachne is just fucking pan. Whatever, they just never do anything with it anyways. RC's one of the girl bots, so I guess it yeah. makes sense. As much sense as gendered robots makes, period, <laughs> at this point. I mean, let's like, be honest. Black that's an entirely Arachnia's, separate conversation for Transformers. Black Arachne has got some fucking big old titties in this fucking show, let's be honest. Oh, they, yeah, they really like emphasize her upper. Yeah, she's got big old robot titties. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Like I said, gender robots, what are you going to do? The Autobots, Maximals, and like the defected Predacons take the Decepticons prisoner, the Autobots take off again in the arc and jump back through the broken space bridge to go back into the dead universe because they're trying to go back to their own timeline. The arc crashes in the dead universe and I guess, I mean, dies, but doesn't actually die because they still get back. The ending of this was, I was so confused. This was the fuck was going on at the end of this. Cause it's also like, are you teasing a cliffhanger for a series that's ended now? Like, yeah, Right, like they basically tease Transformers the movie. Oh, they fully do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Galvatron shows up, except it's real Galvatron this time, not like yeah. Vision Galvatron, and releases Megatron from imprisonment. And then Prime encounters Nemesis Prime in the Dead Universe, and you know these are like basically the dark versions of each of these characters or whatever. And yeah, fuck the two Primes and the two Megatrons face off against each other. I mean two Megatrons, I say Megatron and Galvatron face off against each other and they have more fucking stupid speeches. Galvatron and Nemesis Prime's timeline exists because Prime failed at returning the Allspark to Cybertron. Cybertron, And then Galvatron and Nemesis Prime are like trying to convince Megatron and Optimus to like save their timeline by killing Unicron. So like they're like, let's all team up together and kill this fucking like planet sized being. Sure, that'll work. Come on, don't promise me a good time though. Like that's something I want to watch. Is actually like basically just means I got to watch Transformers the movie. To be fair, but like at the same time, I'm like, this is a story I want to see them do properly. You know what I mean? Like tie all this shit together, do it right. But like, ugh. all the other bots show up and say like, oh, we need to fight against the bad. I mean, Nemesis Prime and Galvatron and save our own timeline. The ghost bots of the dead universe show up, and I and I mean having just watched Loki, they basically seem to like prune Galvatron and Nemesis Prime from the timeline, pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah. I said, <laughs> I don't the same thing. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they all get back to Cybertron, go their separate ways. Like there's, you know, this uneasy truce because they're like, oh, you Decepticons, you helped us. So we're going to let you go or whatever. Because Megatron like also turned on Galvatron and Nemesis Prime briefly. And then they tease Unicron and like Nemesis Prime and Gal. Yeah, Nemesis Prime and Galvatron get, like, taken up by Unicron and, like, the process of rebuilding them or whatever. Repairing them, basically, yeah. yeah. So, And fucking roll credits. Yeah, what a fucking mess, eh? Like, I just... Narrative disaster. (laughs) I'm so fucking disappointed in this series because, like, it had the potential to be so fucking dope and it's just a goddamn mess. Like... Like, full props to them for attempting a pretty lofty concept with, like, time travel and alternate timelines, but I I just wasn't executed very well. Like, we already said, like, a lot of things were, like, tough to follow. There were big, like, fucking massive gaps in the plot that were never explained and shit like that. It felt like they were trying to make a Chris Nolan Transformers story, but without the benefit of, like, his writing or directing to actually fucking execute it. Like they didn't yeah. have the editing shorthand or the visual shorthand necessary to tell the the type of story that they were trying to tell effectively. Well, they just threw so many concepts into the stew at <laughs> this point blender. that it's just like, I don't even know what they're trying to get across. Cause I'm like, at first it reads like, Oh, we're, we're trying to relaunch G one. And then you get to kingdom and they're like, Hey, guess what? Beast Wars people. You're like, what the fuck? We haven't even got to Unicron yet. We're at beast Wars already. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Like I'm all for like beast Wars characters getting representation and stuff. Cause they don't get used enough as far as I'm concerned. Like I like those characters, but like, Ooh, Especially when your character models don't even look as good as yes. they used to look on the fucking old show. <laughs> yeah, the animal models look like barely better than they did in Beast Wars. Like I was, oh. I was never into Beast Wars to begin with. Like the character designs just got too fucking goofy, goofy for me, kind of thing. But like here, I was like, okay, you like gave these characters like, or the the at least the animal character models like one extra pass of texture or something like that compared to what they had. Yeah, like, like in, in yeah, like in in the uh, oh, in the original the, show, yeah, 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 in the original show, like in Beast Wars, it was like, okay, here's a gorilla that's like totally smooth, and this yeah, version yeah. of the gorilla was like, what, what, what's the like form of uh, art where you do like the the rubber stamps where you like dig chunks out of it, kind of thing? That's like what the green, fucking like etching, yeah, yeah, etching. Like that's what the fucking like gorilla skin looked like here. It was like they took that character model and just carved some chunks out of it here and there to make it like a, make it look a little bit more textured. Well, see, like it's weird. Cause like at first the whole point of the show, like from what I understood, like from the Genesis and production of it was that they were going to do it so that everything was super consistent across the toy line in the show. Right. So like all the models for the show would be based on the CAD files from the, like, from the toys which is cool in concept which is an interesting concept like, for me it was an interesting concept anyway and they started deviating from that so all of a sudden like like that galvatron is not the galvatron that i ordered you know what i mean it's not the same model mm-hmm. at all they don't even look the same anymore or like the i'm trying to think what else but like yeah it just got i don't know i don't even know what to complain about because it's just like well i have something to complain about I do not think it's okay that they cast a fucking black man oh, to voice fuck. Optimus Primal, whose animal form is a fucking gorilla, given the history of words like monkey or ape to being used as derogatory terms for black people. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? And then having him do like 
an African-American, like, vernacular English kind of voice, right? <sighs> like, let's do, like, fucking ghetto Optimus Primal. That'll be really culturally sensitive. It's very clear that this fucking show was made by Japanese people, is what I'm saying. I don't even know, honestly. Like, it's all, like, I mean, there are English people who did the voices, but, like, I don't know who... They're all directed. Every episode is directed by... Is it by uh, Japanese people? By Japanese, yeah. Okay. Like, Takashi Kame. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Koji. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really look at the direction. I was looking at the writing and I was like, who wrote this? Because it's not great either. Yeah. Like, that's the problem is I'm looking at this and it's it's obviously all Rooster Teeth people, which is already kind of disappointing. And then, like, the the cast is fucking like scab cast. Like, the voice cast. There's not a name on this. this No, there's nobody that I recognize from real voice acting or even like transformers like specific stuff like nobody's back from the original stuff like yeah and that that was a big deal too like they got a lot of shit rightfully so for like not using peter cullen frank walker any of the other union guys that they would use for these characters by and large and like some of them like i was not happy about the optimus primal voice and i the (laughs) predacon megatron voice was fucking terrible compared to the original the original was so like character like just had so much character and like interest to his voice this guy was dull as dishwater i was so disappointed in i mean at this point we can basically say i was so disappointed in this production as a whole that like i'm just sad at this point as a transformers (laughs) fan the only good thing that i get out of this is like the fucking toys are nice and i've quite enjoyed collecting them like i'll never watch this again this is just like a huge mess and especially now it feels like they're hinting at a sequel series like, is yeah. that happening? I need somebody to tell me if that's happening. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, I'll suffer through it obviously. Cause that's what I do, but like, <laughs> it'll be difficult. Yeah. I'm with you on the Optimus prime voice. Like uh, the, the prime voice in here is like, he's talking like fucking captain Kirk. Like every yeah. fucking word is its own sentence. And he's doing like a real milk toast kind of Peter Cullen and imp- like impression too. Like he's trying yeah. to do the prime voice and it's not good. I honestly, the only one I don't hate is the Megatron voice. It grew on me in the last like two series. It's all right. He's yeah. and the star screen voice is passable. He sounds like he's just doing, he's doing the, the G one voice. Like he's just yeah. doing an impression of the G one voice and it's fine. Same with Soundwave. Like they just put the vocoder on him. And yeah. just <laughs> you don't need like a voice actor. You can probably just totally synthesize Soundwave. It was Frank point. Walker in the original. So like, yeah. And then they just processed him like crazy. Cause then they didn't have to pay him. Right. You could do three mm-hmm. voices before you have to pay for an extra voice. Frank Walker was like <laughs> half the fucking Decepticons, I think in season one and two. So, but just how fucking like slow and ponderous this motherfucker was like, it's just, oh there was God. so little action. They're still shying away. I mean, the bu- the budget constraints on this are so fucking obvious. Like, they're shying oh away from showing very many transformations. There's, like, yeah. two or three, like, hero transformations in this whole fucking series kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, you know, really, like, let's take the time and, like, show this character transform from their robot or vehicle or uh, animal or vehicle form into a fucking robot. And, like, okay, that was great. But, like, his Transformers. I want, like, three or four of those every fucking episode, right? Yeah, man, especially like what really got me was like in CG, it shouldn't be that hard to rig a animation that like you just sequence basically, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. trigger it, right? Yeah. Like the transformation sequence. It's like a video game at that so, point. Yeah, so like, it once and then just use it over and over. So, uh, yeah, I like am at the point where like if they could just send me these 3D models and I could do that, I could probably make a better looking episode of the show on my own in a month. Like 
I shit you not. Like I would, and I would take the time to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I've been working on? Like I would totally take the time and do something like that just to prove that it could be done properly. Mark, I think our listeners are going to figure out what you've been working on. I, well, no, they're going to find out eventually anyway. It's Transformers <laughs> related, obviously. And there is a there is a movie that is being released in 4K in the next couple of weeks that you can look up and you'll figure out what I'm working on. It's not difficult given that I do like alternative movie posters a lot these days, what I'll be working on right now. And we're talking about Transformers, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like there's a few action sequences here and there that are like done well and pretty impressive, but they're just few and yeah. far between. Like it's it ends up being like less I would say on average less than one per episode, which is not great, especially compared to Masters of the Universe, right? Which had like two or three fucking epic act, act, yeah. action sequences every episode. Like this is a cartoon about big fucking badass motherfucker powerful robots. I want to see them beat the shit out of each other at least once every episode. Yep. Absolutely. And, and like, especially they're showing characters and they don't really use them. It's like Astro Chain's in there and he gets fucking murked for no reason. Just because they had the character yeah. model done, I think, is why they used Astro Chain in that show. Well, they wanted to sell that toy. I mean, they did. I already have one. So. <laughs> There's that. I love Astro Train. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, don't, I have so much that I could bitch about, but like at the end of the day, it's just like, this is not what I wanted from this. And, yeah. And like, I was hoping that they would do something a little bit more. Like, if they'd taken as much care with this as they did with Masters of the Universe, like, you know what I mean? Like, hired, mm-hmm. maybe not Kevin Smith, but, you know, like, somebody like like who likes the franchise as much as Kevin Smith likes Masters of the Universe, apparently, and, like, get the voice actors back and, like, t- fucking just write a coherent story and, like, relaunch G1 and just do that. You know what I mean? Like, I know they want to sell a fuck ton of toys, and I understand that that's the primary concern for Hasbro when it comes to doing new Transformers media is just selling a fuck ton of toys. But you could also take the time and tell a decent story because it would make <laughs> me want to buy more of this shit if, like, I was really into the series, too. Like, that helps your engagement wanting to buy that kind of stuff is if the series is also, like, oh, I'm really into the show that this stuff's based on, so I'm buying the toys as well. Like, as a collector, it helps. But, like, they basically are just selling these because they look very, very g one and I was kind of into it. And the cartoon happened is now like an afterthought, like a disappointing afterthought. So <laughs> like, don't bring Galvatron into this. If you're not going to like do Galvatron properly, like don't like, don't tease me with a good time basically is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And that's what they did is they kept like throwing concepts in there that would be cool if they did it properly, but they didn't take the time to develop it or didn't have the time to develop it or the budget to do anything cool with it. So it just all kind of sits there as just like, this is look at this thing. You can go buy that at Walmart now. And that's like the extent of the entire show. Because that was the one thing I very cynically noted while I was watching this. That no matter what the plot of this fucking thing is, they will find a way to jam the $250 Titan class into the story of these things. They did it in Siege with Omega Supreme. They did it with Scorponok and Earthrise. And they did it with the Ark in this one, too. Every time they get that $300 (laughs) motherfucker. Was there an Ark version? Like an Ark uh, Transformer? Go look it up on Amazon right now. It was like the big deal this year's for for the Kingdom run was like they finally gave the Ark. The Ark's never transformed before. This is the first time it's happened in lore or whatever. So, yeah, they made the Ark. But, yeah, I was like... And it's the same with Siege, right? Like, Siege had omega supreme and they also they were very careful to emphasize Jetfire, which was a 150 dollar figure so like <laughs> put the expensive ones out front so that people want to go buy them and to be fair Jetfire, i'm still looking for one if you have a line on a Jetfire from the siege toy line and it's not 300 dollars <laughs> on ebay let me know because i want it that thing's dope look at that but... the arc has like four different transformation modes too 
Yeah, it's kind of like a control city and panel stuff like one, that. and yeah, like a city uh, fortress kind of one. Yeah, it looks like they give Teletran one like his own body, so he's kind of like a headmaster or something like that. It's kind of neat. I don't know. I didn't buy it because two hundred fifty bucks for a robot that I've never seen before, not happening. But yeah, yeah, not even that like cool of a robot form either. I have masterpiece Starscreams to buy, so that's what I'll be spending two hundred fifty dollars <laughs> on instead. Either way, so like, what do we? What else do we want to talk about? Did we talk about everything, like how disappointing this was overall. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. It was just, it's just a bunch of fucking like sad emo robots, like yeah, you know, fucking talking instead of fighting with each other, and that was kind of the theme for all three of these fucking miniseries. Sadly, yeah, unfortunately, this was not at all what I was hoping it would be when they first announced it. Because when they said War for Cybertron, I thought the game. And I was like, cool, we're going to do a little G1. And then they started showing us the toys and stuff. And I was like, cool, they're going to do like the game with more G1-y models. I am fucking on board for that. Like, let's do that. And it just was not. I would, I honestly, if you are in for a War for Cybertron game, go find, oh God, what were they? The one's War for Cybertron and the other's Fall for Cybertron, I believe. They're like, you can get them on PC. You may have to kind of do some like piratey digging though. <laughs> but they're both super great. Like, well-made games that I would recommend anybody play at this point. And it tells a better fall of Cybertron story than this did. So unfortunately, sadly, yeah, they could, I would have just ripped it off. Literally was just told that story again. I'd have been like, well, I played this already, but at least I know the story is good. And like, I'm not going to be pissed at it at the end. So there you go. All right, let's uh, wrap this one up. So like, I'm going to say just to like rate and review real quick, masters of the universe. I'm going to give that an 8.5 out of 10. And then uh, overall, Transformers Siege, like War for Cybertron, Siege, Earthrise, Kingdom, Kingdom specifically, 4, I guess. Mm. They showed me Galvatron, so you're going to get some points for that. <laughs> but other than that, it was pretty mediocre at best. So, yeah, yeah low. So for me, like... Master of the Universe, like 8 out of 10 is definitely yeah. good, but it's just hard for me to give it like much higher than that. Yeah, so like I just don't have the same investment in the He-Man Masters of the Universe like characters that I do necessarily. You know, it'd be great if I could get a fucking like version of Transformers that pays the same sort of respect and everything that Master of the Universe did. But Transformers, Earthrise, Kingdom, God, fucking long ass name. Like five out of ten, like it's, it's yeah, it's am- I, I appreciate it for its ambitiousness, but it just does not. It falls so short of its mark that it just ends up kind of being a mess. Like I said, I just had I had trouble following it. I had trouble like getting really into it. It was like exactly like you said. I had the same situation like with Master of the Universe. I was like, yes, I'm engaged in this. Like I want to actually sit here and watch it and follow what's happening with transformers it was like every couple of minutes i was like looking off doing something else kind of thing just oh yeah the same way i think i got through the first like two episodes of kingdom without even looking up for like Mm -hmm. big chunks of it unless something like oh they're introducing a new one of the maximals of predacons right and then i was like okay i want to see what that looks like and then just back down for the talkie talk yeah it's terrible (laughs) And then back to the talky talk stuff between characters I already know. So I was kind of like, all right, back to stuff. And then it's like, oh, action's happening. Oh, wait, action's already done. All right, back to work, I guess. So uh, I was, yeah, very disappointed. If Hasbro's listening and you like, you want a consult, like I know a lot about Transformers and could probably help out. Just Tim can tell you. I talk about this shit way more than I should. (laughs) It's embarrassing. So anyway, let's move on from our little review to uh, our last segment of the night, Geek Cred. 
uh, where we tell each other we recommend something. What do we do in this segment? We recommend something <laughs> nerdy for you to enjoy. My geek here for this week. I did finish watching Community, but like we've recommended Community plenty of fucking times on this podcast. So oh yeah, absolutely. instead of that, season two of the movies that made us is on Netflix now. Yeah, most of the way through the the first episode, which is Back to the Future, which has been pretty good, and I mean it also covers some of the stuff that we did on our recent Back to the Future episode. And I think what else is in the season? I think there's a there's like a Gremlins episode. Well, we were talk we actually talked about this. I think I talked about it as like my geek of the week the one week because it was like uh, Pretty Woman, Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, and oh, another movie and, I uh, like Jurassic Park. Right, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's like I don't like I don't care for Forrest Gump particularly, but Jurassic Park and Back to the Future yeah. are obviously favorites of mine. Forrest Gump is just like fucking boomer past baby boomer based. propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And then Pretty Woman is an interesting story. I think we talked about it. Like yeah, it's an yeah, interesting story, but it's just weird. It's like a Disney movie that is about a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to the Jurassic Park one. It's kind of a weird thing. Although I will admit that the one thing I did forget about that is like I have. Julia Roberts is so hot in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just astoundingly good looking in that flick. It's just I, like I was floor every time they showed footage from the movie, I was like, "Oh dear God, <laughs> yeah, that's right." I remember why she got like super. I forgot like why she got super famous, and it's like, oh yeah, because she was like ridiculously gorgeous. Yeah, in that movie. So either way, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that the first season of that, and also the the Christmas ones that they did were all, all both really good. So uh, all happily throw my weight behind the second season yeah that home alone episode was actually pretty entertaining like that's yeah. the story of that movie is very entertaining Insane, yeah. so i yeah because i was doing what i did i don't have like i'm trying to think <laughs> what to recommend to people this week because i don't want to recommend actually you know what i i don't know if i recommended it or not already but like i really recommend people watch masters of the universe like i'll, I'll double down on that one and say like go enjoy yourself for an evening like it's really going to take you like two hours to get through it and it's kind of fun so and it's like light entertainment as opposed to like usually when we recommend something, it's like like Blade Runner or something like that, super dour. This is the opposite of that. Like you're gonna be able to sit down, you can probably watch it with your kids and have a good time kind of thing, assuming you're watching any of the stuff with children. God only knows why you would do that. But either way. <laughs> Neither of them are like particularly, you know, not chi- not kid friendly. No, I mean Transformers is definitely like kid friendly enough that they're just trying to sell fucking robot toys to kids and like <laughs> They didn't do a very good job of it because I am a big kid who buys robot toys and I just bought them because they look good, not because the show was good. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's get out of this thing for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 263 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcasting app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, please hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash dancerobotdancepodcast, uh, on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast uh you can hit tim up on twitter at drd underscore tim or me uh m underscore willette you can also hit me up on instant also hit me up on instagram mt underscore willette i'm having a terrible time getting through this shit tonight don't laugh at me you're killing me uh, <laughs> anyway uh if you're yeah if you want <laughs> jesus you got me fucker you got me fucker or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com so i am mark I've been here with Tim. I have the power. I'm I'm just going to sadly say till all are one. And we'll talk to you next week. Can you hear the disappointment in his voice, listeners? (sighs) Until all are one.
So all are one. Ugh, God damn it. Yep, basically. <laughs>